This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together. Hip hop, hip hop. Because we want to talk about y'all is hip hop. The stories of hip-hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who inside of them the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. Okay, uh, my name is Walter Kimbrough. I am the president of Dillard University in New Orleans, Louisiana. I uh, have been here two and a half years. This is my second stint as a president, seven and a half years at Philander Smith in Little Rock, Arkansas. Native of Atlanta by way of Chicago. I actually born in Chicago, but grew up in Atlanta. Went to school actually to be a veterinarian, end up finding my way into higher education. So it's been that way since probably about 21 when I decided I wanted to, to be a president. So worked on that path. And um, so that's what I've been doing the last 10 plus years now. start off with cool modes i go to work this is 1989 i'm a senior in college uh, at the university of georgia and and there are lots of reasons that the song speaks to me and and probably speaks to me differently today than it did then because now we've had another 20 plus years of rap music because i don't know if it's all hip-hop and listening to that today versus everything else that's out there today it's different. So I, I've officially become old because to me, that's what hip hop was. So you have someone who probably is the most articulate hip hop artist on the planet. I mean, it's rapid pace, it's fast, but he enunciates every word and every syllable. The dexterity of his voice using language is, for me, someone in my generation, is why you are drawn to hip hop and you're drawn to Cool Mo D. I go to work. Like an architect, I build the rhymes sometimes and climb so erect. Skyscrapers look like atoms, cars, electrons, rolling in patterns. Writing out word after word with each letter, it becomes visibly better. Cause my foundation built a nation of rappers. And after I came off vacation, I came to roam the land to own, stand alone on the microphone. Daddy's home, so open the door. First of all, you have a very articulate man who is now using these complex analogies to say, what I do as an artist is like an architect, is like a doctor. It's like a boxer. He goes through and then makes the parallels with his skill with the microphone and these professions. So he professionalizes hip hop in a manner that I've, I've never heard anybody do since then. But I also like the underlying message where he's, you know, he's talking about, I go to work. I mean, this is something that I take seriously. And I think for whatever someone's field is, for us to, to have that kind of attitude about what we do. I'm a professional. 
this is a legitimate line of work. And so let me make the comparison to a medical professional or an architect or even someone like a boxer, the, the dexterity and the power and the speed and all of that that comes into play. So to be able to describe what, what you do with a sense of passion and excitement about it, it makes it a very powerful song for me. Down for the count, get up and dismount, cause I'm coming with an endless amount of rhymes in a hurry, like a flurry, a collage, a camouflage, a power punch, but don't worry, knowledge is an antidote. I got hands that smoke right at the speed of light within sight. I wrote rhymes on a level so you can't relate, unless you're intelligent, so stay awake. Sleepwalkers, slick talkers, this time a native New Yorker, riding up a crescendo wave to save the mental state of the fan so he can understand my pencils, writing the rhyme in its highest form, and I'ma drop it on you like a bomb, and when it explodes, just as an artist, I think he's probably underrated in terms of MCs. I think I think Kumo D actually did a book where he sort of ranked MCs over a period of time, but I think he's very underrated. But for me, part of it is just his ability to communicate. I mean, when I listen to Chuck D talk about great artists, part of it was the voice. So Mo D early on, it's the voice, but it's also the speed and the dexterity. He's able to, to me, he's able to get out syllables. He obviously is very learned because he's using a wide vocabulary. He's using words these guys can't spell. It's a love of words, so it's, it's like poetry. So that's, for me, that's part of, I think, what makes it great. My father's a United Methodist minister. My mom started out in computer software sales and that kind of thing that she ended up, she got a master's in Christian education. So she actually started teaching religion and philosophy. My dad is from Atlanta. They met in Atlanta at seminary school, moved to Chicago where my brother and I were born. But Chicago, this is late 60s, early 70s. Gang culture there is major. So they were like, we're going back to Atlanta. You know, if you start looking at late 70s, I'm, I'm moving into my teen year. So as I'm coming of age, hip hop is born. At the very beginning, when those first songs come out, late 70s, early 80s, and I'm moving into high school, we're hearing a lot of it. So, I mean, I can remember in high school, I guess my junior or senior year, we had parties. I remember people having events and you're hearing a lot of Houdini and a lot of Run DMC. So particularly as, you know, someone moving into adulthood, hip hop has always been teaching a class. This is my second semester. Last semester I taught it with MC Light. Um, but we're looking at hip hop, sex, gender, and ethical behavior. And last week we looked at the relationship between religion and hip hop and all of the references, the religious references, even a lot of the songs today, just pick up a lot of these religious references. The link between the sacred and the secular, a lot of that is, and you look at hip hop artists and you look at preachers, people who make their living using words. So, I mean, part of it for me being drawn to hip hop might be, you know, a preacher's kid and you're hearing people 
use words in very effective ways to use complex analogies, maybe not so much with the rhyme, but in terms of the voice, particularly in the black church tradition, the voice is very important, too. So I think that's a link for me in terms of having a, a deep appreciation for hip hop and a love for it, because growing up in a church, you hear the, the same kind of use of words and how people tell complex stories. Once again, more complex stories back then than you do now. Um, some of hip hop today is sort of like or this is, I think, Michael Larry Dyson is sort of like this prosperity gospel. Everything is about money and this. So, I mean, today's corporate hip hop is prosperity gospel. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good analogy. So I, I see them linked together all throughout. I came into this world high as a bird From secondhand cocaine powder I know it sounds absurd I never chewed it but it's in my veins While the rest of the country bunches off ridges Without no snapback and bitches They say they need that to shake their fannies in the ass club They go the other route, turn each other out, burn each other out Where a bona fide nigga like me can't even get no back rub these days Ain't that bleak on they part? But let me hold it down cause they shut you down when you speak from your heart Now that's hard Why we ranting and raving about gas? Nigga they made them gas, they got some shit that'll blow out our back From where they stay at appreciation growing up in Atlanta for the civil rights movement. Growing up in Atlanta, it's, I don't think you ever think about being post-civil rights because you know or you interact with those figures. For example, within the United Methodist Church, the bishops can move pastors to different churches. So after a point, my dad was at one church for 12 years. It had done really well. The largest church in North Georgia, that pastor became a bishop. So they tried to move someone who could handle an assignment that size, which was him. So they moved him to a larger church. He was replaced by Joseph Lowry, who co-founded SCLC with Martin Luther King. I was like, I'm not changing my membership because I was very active in that church. I was a musician. I was like, I hear my dad all the time. So for six years, my pastor was co-founder of SCLC with Martin Luther King. So I never thought about being post-civil rights because for six years, I heard about current civil rights issues from someone who has been there since the beginning. So it was never him resting on we did blah, blah, blah. He was always talking about the current issue. He was pastor of that church when Reagan was in office. So I heard lots of Reagan stories. I mean, you could just imagine the ideological conflict between the two of them. Lauer became pastor of that church in 86. So 86 to 92. That's during the golden age. That's when I'm hearing a lot of ex-Klan, Public Enemy, and they're talking about the same issues. So hip-hop was reinforcing what I was hearing in church. There was a lot of synergy between the two. So I never thought about it as post-civil rights. It was a different kind of appreciation that I have being from Atlanta. Burn, Hollywood, burn. I smell a riot going on. First they're guilty, now they're gone. Yeah, I'll check out a movie, but it'll take a black one to move me. Get me the hell away from this TV. All this so next for me would be 1990, Public Enemy. So this is Fear of, the black, of a Black Planet, but really would be the entire album because I think it's a lot of political songs, a lot of political messages. I chose Burn, Hollywood Burn. This is around a time when, around a time when, when Spike Lee gets ready to do Malcolm X. We're in the middle of the Spike Lee years in terms of his epic years of making these, these movies that dealt with a lot of issues. So they're speaking to those issues and still how in Hollywood, there were so many limited roles for people of color. You have limited roles for people of color. 
And when they get certain roles, they aren't awarded for them. Uh, you think in recent years, uh, African Americans with Academy Awards, Halle Berry for her role in Monsters Ball, and Dizel Washington for his role in Training Day. And I'm a fan, I love Training Day. I'm a Dizel fan, but I'm like, man, he was great in John Q. He didn't get an Oscar nod. He was great as Malcolm X. I think one of his best roles, he didn't get a nod. So he gets the Oscar for the gangster roles. Many intelligent black men seem to look uncivilized when on the screen. Like I guess I figure you to play some jigaboo on the plantation. What else can a nigga do? And black women in this profession, after playing a lawyer, out of the question. For what they played, Angel Mama is the perfect term. Even if now she got a perm. So let's make our own movies like Spike Lee. Cause the roles being offered don't strike me. There's nothing that the black man could use to earn. Burn Hollywood, burn. I like the collaboration with you got Ice Cube and you got Big Daddy Kane. So now you got these really big artists from the golden era together with Public Enemy. And it's like, wow, this is just great. You know, now there are a lot of people complaining that Selma didn't win a lot of awards. Now what? So it's like the same thing. This is 1990 and people are still saying the same kinds of things today. Uh, so that's why that track is one of the ones that stood out for me on Fear of a Black Planet. But just the whole concept of that album to me was just revolutionary to have something with that title and the kinds of tracks that are involved in it. Uh, so like I said, anything Public Enemy, I'm I'm just a huge Public Enemy fan. Hey, I'm chill too, man. But you know what I'm saying? I just don't, I, I can't go for the Steel Magnolia shit, you know what I'm saying? Cool, man. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, today's feature presentation, Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, oh man. No, just I, just oh, what I'm talking about. All this term in the dim shit. I'm out of here, man. Hey, yo, check it out, man. I got Black C's at the crib, man. Y'all want to go check that out? Yes. Yeah. That's the idea. Cause we could have rolled it from the beginning, y'all. Fuck Hollywood, man. I, I've always had a diverse taste in terms of the music, but I've always gravitated toward those songs because... I'm an African-American student at the University of Georgia 25 years after the school was forcefully integrated. And there were still a lot of issues on the campus. So for me, the music is speaking to what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day basis. You know, what's going on, talking about Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, which is sort of like, not as much today, but then really boogeyman when you talked about Louis Farrakhan. People were really afraid of that. And they're saying, you know... Don't, don't talk about the man unless you've heard him. You know, listen to him first. You know, I had a, a friend of mine in, in my fraternity chapter. He was always telling us about the Nation of Islam. We would stay up late at night, two, three o'clock in the morning. And he's just saying what well, a nation does, this nation. And it's like, man, you know what? I think everything he's saying is, is a bunch of BS, but I can't argue if I don't read. So that really got me. And I tell students today, I really got into reading by staying up late with my peers and listening to music and discussing some of the ideas. And I was like, I got to read more because I don't know if he's telling me the truth or not. So I can't have an intelligent conversation. So then I started reading more about the nation and reading, you know, Naeem Akbar and people like that. But Public Enemy started pushing some of that for me. Base, how low can you go? Death row. What a brother know once again. Back is the incredible. Rhyme animal. The uncannable. Public Enemy number one. Five folks said freeze. And I got numb. Can I tell them that I really never had a gun? But it's the wax that determined they in the cell cause my records they sell cause a brother like me said well Farrah cause a prophet and I think you wanna listen to what he can say to you what you wanna do is follow for now I went to Georgia, you know, I was active on campus and decided that at that time, like, man, I think I might want to be a president and had a chance to talk to a president at Alcorn State in Mississippi and he was saying, look, going to what's called college student personnel, these are the people that work 
on campus outside of the classroom, residence life, student activities, judicial, you know, all those kinds of things. And so once I went into this master's program at Miami University in Ohio, it sort of opened up the world for me. I was like, this is me. Yes, I can do this. Uh, and so that's what got me hooked. And so, you know, started working on campuses at Emory, at Georgia State, Old Dominion. So that was just sort of finding my calling, my space, that this is what fulfills me. And to be, you know, true to that, that was important. So that's how it happened. Being involved as an undergraduate and then just having that, that graduate experience, taking some of those classes, learning about student development theory, how students think, and then reflecting on my own experience. It was like, yeah, this is this is great. One of the most meaningful courses was a course on student cultures, where you really learn like the different subcultures on the campus. It could be athletes, it could be some, it could be Latino students, it could be this group. So just understanding the culture on campuses, that was very powerful. What you gonna do? Rap is not afraid of you. Beat is for Sonny Bono. Beat is for Yokohono. Run the MC first and the DJ could be a bad stand in its own feet. Get you out your seat. Beat is for Eric B and the as well. Hell, Life is for Anthrax. Still it can rock bells. Ever forever. Universal and will sell. Time for me to exit. Terminate exit. In my class, I'm actually giving a quiz tomorrow. We're going to talk about this because I'll make sure they're reading this. We're reading um, The Hip Hop Wars by Trisha Rose. And so she points that when you start sound scan 1991, 1992, that changed the game. So before that, you could have Kumo D on the radio. You could have Public Enemy on the radio. When they re figured out what was actually buying, that stuff disappeared. So the stuff that we hear today, there are songs that exist like that today. Nobody's listening to it. You can't find it. And so and then you have the corporations that are buying up all the smaller markets. So now you got three to five major corporations. They're controlling all of the spins. I talk to a lot of DJs that are saying they get the, the, the playlist. You play this. And we don't get to hear a, a, a diversity of music like we would have before. All of that is driving. So, I mean, it's what people want to hear is what's being fed to people, too. And people aren't pushing back to say, Oh, I don't want to keep hearing Young Thug, and I don't want to keep hearing, you know, ASAP whoever. I need to hear something else. The instamatic focal point bringing damage to your borough. Be some brothers from the east with the beats that be thorough. Got the solar gravitation, so I'm bound to pull it. I gets down like brothers are found, ducking from bullets. Gun control means using both hands in my land. Yeah. It's all about the cautious living. Uh -huh. Migrating to a higher form of consequence. Compliments are struggling. That shouldn't be notable, man. Every word I say should be a hip hop quote. I'm sick of bitches shaking asses. I'm sick of talking about blood. Sick of Versace glasses. Sick of slang. Sick of half ass award shows. Sick of name brand clothes. Sick of my last song I picked, their golden age group, De La Soul, but the album is called Stakes is High 1996, and the title track stakes is high man it's to me that's a track that for me my day-to-day -day work is what i address it just talks about the state of our communities and our neighborhoods it, i mean it's a really good critique of what's happening in our communities gun control is using both hands neighborhoods are hoods you know because we don't have you know neighbors anymore so it's not a neighborhood it's just a hood i mean it's a great commentary in 1996 about the state of our communities today.
loving to love guns Love for opposite, love for fame and wealth Love for the fact of no longer loving yourself, kid uh -huh. We living in them days of the man-made ways Where every aspect is vivid Word. These brothers no longer talk shit, hey, yo These niggas living About to give it to you 24-7 on the microphone Plug one, translating the zone No offense to a player, but yo, I don't play And if you take offense, fuck it, got to be that way JD Dub, show the love, what you got to say I say Jesus make you take his out of high regard and it's also a critique of hip hop for class tomorrow. Actually, I'm gonna show this video because in our class, they are looking at ethical theories and we talk about what kinds of ethical messages do we pick up from songs. And so De La Soul is giving us a lot of messages. They're talking about hip hop. I'm tired of, you know, the superficial women, you know, so I think I'm gonna use this as a quiz tomorrow too. They actually have two quizzes tomorrow. This is quiz number two. Think that smiling in public is against the law what? Cause love don't get you through life no more It's who you know and how you son And how you getting in and who the man holding he up And how was the skins and how high Yo what up how I heard you call the body Seem like every man and woman shared a life with John Gotti But they ain't organized Mixing crimes with life and zines Taking the big scout route You know De La Soul they came out Once again I'm in college They're a golden age group Three feet high and rising One of the best albums of all time I mean it's just but this one is one of their hard-hitting social commentary. Oh, I love this song. This song is timeless because we're dealing with these issues. This song really talks about, we're in an age we're talking about Eric Garner, we're talking about Michael Brown. I'm like, well, what about the neighborhood? Let's not talk about the cops. What's happening in the neighborhoods? What are the values that are out there that create some of the stuff? We don't talk about that. Well, that's what De La Soul was talking about. Electrify, even die for the cash, but at last we be out, even though you're working was closed like an elevator door but soon we open once we get to the next floor with the I always say the end of the world for hip hop was 1999. People worried about Y2K. It was for hip hop. That's when Big Pimpin' comes out and it changes the game. So the videos start to look different. BT rolls uncut a couple years after that where you see the real graphic videos. You got the ludicrous booty popping video. 99 was when, to me, everything went downhill quickly. So this is a critique pre-1999 when a lot of the things changed and you had more materialism, more half-naked women. It wasn't at that level of 96 as it is today. And once again, this is right after SoundScan is introduced, 91, 92, Niggas for Life is number one song in the country. And people realize, like, this is what's selling. So let's do this now. And this other kind of stuff, Stakes is High never got radio play. This is like one of the first salvos after SoundScan. Then people are saying, wait a minute, we see this changing. And we hope it doesn't go that way, but it, it couldn't control it. You've seen the pictures, feel the pain, scandalous how they murder son. Tired of them killing us, I'm on my way to Ferguson. Talk to Tip, I talk to Diddy, then my brother's walking with me. Mother's crying, stop the rise, we ain't got a chocolate city. I seen cold out there, felt I should go out there. They left that boy four hours in the cold out there. They killing teens, they killing dreams. Yeah. Come on, we gotta stick together. We all we got. You know, there's been a lot of criticism of the artists today after 
the Ferguson situation. So local sort of underground artists, they're on the front line. They're like, where the big guys? Where the guys making all the money? Nowhere to be found. I mean, and, you know, they did a track, the game, they did a track about Ferguson and they had different people on it. And I mean, I listened to it and I was like, yeah, okay, it's not like self-destruction. So the one that the game did is like, yeah, but game, you got songs with all the, you know, the song or not nah with the, the naked women and all of it. It's like nobody who is on, you know, self-destruction is putting out anything like that that's so misogynistic. And then it was time for action in Ferguson. Everybody was silent. Nobody was there. Oh, Killer Mike, Killer Mike's supposed to come do my class in a couple weeks. But people are talking about running jewels though. Killer Mike, you know, he's he's on CNN giving commentary. He's, you know, so he's more conscious. Killer Mike and I had a conversation via Twitter when VH1 did a documentary about Atlanta, which is how I got connected to him. Found out he went to my rival high school in Atlanta. His sister went to Dillard. So he was like, yeah, I gotta come do something for you. So that's how we got connected. But people aren't talking about running jewels. And that's, that's a problem. That's a problem because that's not going to be in the 10 to 15 to 20 playlist that corporate you know music is telling all of the radio stations the hot this the you know blazing this to play hey in my apartment a long time ago i knew a bad bitch but she was kind of slow still gave it up when it's a few of us she let me finger fuck her on the school bus we used to cut school with her run train she want to hang with her we want one thing jet penetrating that dope dog she choke on it like smoke dog but whenever i fucked up my re-up in a dice game i go see her she'll give me enough to buy a quarter ounce then blow a blunt of that i think the goal is to use hip-hop as a vehicle to have great discussions about what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. So from basic ethical principles, right and wrong are absolutes. When you look at all the classical ethical theories, Immanuel Kant, his moral theory, when we start going through all of those, hip hop provides a great vehicle. And this class, not only is just talking about ethics, but it's within space of gender and sex. And of any form that it talks about gender and sex, it's hip hop. I mean, and so for the students, it's sort of like when I'm showing the videos, there's a video, a song that Kendrick and B.O.B. and T.I. did, Memories Back Then. Three very good vignettes that they're just in the class like, wow, because it's so much, you know, in terms of the decisions that are made in these relationships with the guys and these women and what do the ethical theories say about this and how do we apply this to how we live and so they're just sort of like man i look at and listen to music differently and i was like that's what i want you to be able to do wait hold up is that you with them big old thighs after school uh -huh. j305 i gave me high five when i said a man high pursuit you said i won't ride until kendrick drive a new monte carlo that cruise uh -huh. and that shot my pride i tried to improv but no freestyle i never do you're looking for the nigga with the tallest fetish you're overlooking every nigga that ain't quite ready to make it rain on you like I'm about to it's a great vehicle that we can use something that we all listen to but they're looking at it in many ways for the first time understand what's being said how do i process what does this mean what are the messages what messages are we giving people okay so is two chains and 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 Kanye are talking about all I want for my birthday. Is that a good or bad thing? Is it a right or a wrong thing? From whose perspective are you speaking? When we look at the video and we realize the women in the video, we really never see their faces. We just see their behinds. What message is being given? Lupe Fiasco is one of my favorite to be a little bit more thoughtful. And so the song Bitch Bad, we use that one. I mean, he really breaks it down in terms of what he thought about what the word bitch means and what a young girl thinks what it means. And they grow up and how they view the word and how they interact with each other. Powerful song, powerful video. 
I say, bitch bad, woman good, lady better. Hey, 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 hey. Now imagine that's a shorty, maybe five, maybe four. Riding around with his mama, listening to the radio. And a song comes on, and I'm not far from being born. Doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. Now, I ain't trying to make it too complex, but let's just say Shorty has an undeveloped context about the perception of women these days. His mama sings along, and this what she says: "Because I'm a bad bitch." And I'm so, bad presidents bitch. early 1700s, early 1800s, a lot of times taught a class, and they taught a class for seniors, some kind of like you know moral theory type class, ethical. So it's it's actually really, really, really old school where the, the, the president taught the class about you're about to graduate morals and values and ethics. We're a church related institution, United Methodist, United Church of Christ. Uh, last week, we had a, a pastor in Atlanta who Skyped in with us because he did a sermon where he talked about Meek Mill's song, Amen. You know, what's our response as a church for a song that contradicts what we're about? how it's being appropriated. So when we talked about it from that, because a lot of ethical behavior and, and messages given to kids are given through religion. So that's one of the ethical frames that we look at. So once again, I try to take the best of what was done hundreds of years ago and make it contemporary. Wow. Man, it's a lot of bad, bad in the building. Amen. A couple real, real in the building. Amen. I'm finna kill in the building. Amen. I tell her way to fit the bottles and she tell me say when and I say church. We make it light up like a church. Language and art are important in terms of informing cultures about themselves. If this provides some sense as to what's important to a culture, what are the values, just like theater does, music does too. So it is important to be precise. And that's why I think there has to be a variety, because I think if someone from another planet came and they listen to hip hop in the United States, they're going to be like, well, these people, this is all they, they do. It's not complex at all. So I think it's you know important to have a variety of people that we listen to that are, are more complex. You know, I've, I've had students listen to Jean Grey to get, you know, different things. So I think it's important um, to be precise. I mean, so that takes me all the way back. Once again, Cool Mo D. I understand everything he's saying. He breaks it down. He gives me very clear imagery of what he's talking about and being very creative with it and not just, you know, run of the mill, drinking, sex, pimp, old gangster, trinity. I mean, that's it's just so much of that. And it, it doesn't provide a broader context of what a, a group of people might value or those kinds of things. I'm not going, I'm gone. Up, up, up and away, and I'm on. A higher plane with a brain with a flame. Feel the fire, desire the same. Knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Possessed by God, transferred to man in a script or a book or a scripture that looks like a biblical writing, inviting the hook of a song. Sing along with a strong subliminal message divesting all men from criminal acts of the devil. Revealed and revel, designed to decline the mind to a lower level. Read the Holy Quran or the Bible because it's liable to be a revival for the weak that see power. It'll bring infallible power. Hip hop matters because it is a way that connects young people globally. And so you have an art form that captures attention, particularly in an environment where there's so many messages, hip hop has people's attention. The trick is 
how do we use this very powerful medium for good and not just for mischief? It's very powerful, but we got to figure out how to harness it so that we can get some positive messages in there because it has people's attention. It's something that people go look for. And where there's so many different media that exist is one of the few things that people are going to find hip hop. My knowledge comes from a spiritual force Stronger than any earthly source of propaganda Hyper slander I don't